Hi everybody, we know we are in Parashat Nitzavim. Um, this Shabbat we're going to read Nitzavim and then right after that on Sunday, uh, night, Yavu Alenu B'Sha'a Tova, with the help of God, Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, as we know, uh, this is the time that uh, Adam and Eve were born. And for that reason, there is a... Uh, um, judgment within this time and judgment of the negative thing that we accumulate negativity of jealousy or anger or addiction or depression it's all negativity because all those categories make me think about me and when i'm busy thinking just about me and not about how to make it better for others. If I'm depressed, there's another person who's depressed, I need to help. If I'm angry, there's another person who's angry, I need to help. Sometimes when a person go on a spiritual journey, they start being busy of what is that they need to do for themselves and how they can get better. So uh, I would like to start with uh, uh, a story uh, that will help us to understand a way to start working on ourselves. You know, in a, a faraway kingdom uh, where there is a king and queen and servant and advisor, a kingdom. And uh, there was 10 top advisors. And the king and the queen uh, went to a vacation. So the 10 advisors stay in the palace. And the nine advisor. Uh, couldn't stand one advisor with so much ego and feeling better than everybody else. And what they did, they tricked him. They make him drunk and uh, they undress him and they put him on the bed of the queen and kings. And dressed perfectly like the king. The clothes of the king, the crown next door. Everything is so beautiful. And he wake up... Um, in the morning and he look he dressed like a king he's in the bed of the king he said wait a minute maybe all the idea that I'm a servant or advisor was a dream maybe I am the king is it there's, there's a possibility I'm, uh, I'm the king so he said you know what there is one way to check it out I'm gonna ring the bell so he pulled the bell and he rang the bell. You know, the bell usually called the other servant to serve him. He rang the bell. Eight servants arrive. He know them. I mean, he thought he know them because they are his friend. Then he realized he know them because maybe they're serving him because he's the king. And he keep telling himself that he's the king. Until in one point, you know, he's, wherever he go, they serve him the best food, best wine, best everything. Everybody call him master, the king, your highness. He go to the, all the palace, and there is a room. So he asked one of the servants, what is this room? He say, that's the library, sir. That's your library. So he's okay. He's walking into the library, and he tried to look into the book. Now, in those days, only the king, the queen, or rich people, or very important advisor, used to read. People didn't read. So there's thousands of books, and he looked at the books, and he cannot read. 
And what did he say to himself at that point? He said, if I cannot read it and I'm the king, nobody can read those books. And the story is to help us about one thing we cannot do to ourselves before Rosh Hashanah or any time. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself and you put yourself out there or up there and make everybody think you are the greatest. Because the only one who pay for those lies is yourself. You gotta find out what is that need to be changed. But don't change it in a way that you cover up the negativity and try to dress better or look better on the external. A real work has to be in the internal. Are you for real? You gotta look at yourself in the mirror. Say, are you for real? Like, what is the thing that you think about yourself? Are there a fact or speculation or hope? You can't lie. You can't lie to yourself. Lying to others, lying to God, lying to the universe. Today, we live in a society with all the media that people tend to lie to themselves. You know, you choose different filter for different situation. So if you feel that you are now, let's say, 45, but you look like 50, so you put a filter of 21. But what does that mean? That you want to attract people into your page that they only like 21 years old? They don't like 45? What are you doing to yourself? So, Parashat Nitzavim, who coming before Rosh Hashanah, it starts with Atem Nitzavim Ayom. You are standing today. Which day was it? It's all the time. Some people say Ayom was the death anniversary of Moshe Rabbeinu. Zayin Be'adar. That was the last 24 hours with Moses from this week, Parsha. But we need to look inside. And I hope my words are reaching out to you. They need to. If you are one of those people who are looking for the truth, this this talk truly can can guide you, can can help you. Because lying to yourself will get you nowhere. I know that some people are afraid to find out what's wrong with them. Why? Why why are you avoiding knowing what's wrong with you? If somebody will come to you and tell you you're too fat. It's insulting. It's insulting. But if you tell yourself that you're too thin and you need to lose weight, that's a lie to yourself. So then God sends you a messenger to wake you up, to say, hey, listen, you got to stop being angry. I remember that um, my son, you know, he was very young and I was very loud with my wife in the car. We had an argument. And uh, I thought that I'm cool, like controlling my anger, everything is nice. But you know, with kids, they point to you exactly what you need to change before Rosh Hashanah. So I was supposed to give a lecture on a yacht, a fancy yacht, 40 people. And I was busy, my ego was busy with me and important. And if the paper was there and Debbie would tell me yes, and we had an argument. And uh, so as I'm getting to the yacht, my son Yehuda. Uh, I don't know, I mean, God was really good to me to send me my children to point to me like, where am I skipping and cheating on my tikkun? And they point to me and said to me, you are screaming 
at mom, you were angry. So I wasn't angry. I was uh, talking a little bit loud, you know, just making a point and making uh, and uh, necessity. <laughs> we need it. And uh, he said, "No, you were, you were, not controlling yourself." And I went and I apologized to Deb, and she was shocked. I'm so sensitive because I wasn't. And uh, after my son, uh, you know, remind me that it's better that I talk about it in front of the forty people. I said to him, "Listen, ah." Uh, this is my business, you know. They, for them, I'm a rabbi or a guru or a speaker. Can you please kind of leave me alone with that? And I deal with it at home. And he was standing very brave, very hero. And I thank him for that. So, no, you should mention. And I did. I did. And thank God that I did. I told people, listen, on the way here, I would speak to you about meditation and things. I wasn't good. And people really appreciate that. So the idea of lying to yourself, you can do that. And you can learn from me. You know, if I try to bury the, the, the kind of being nice, but actually I got angry, I should work on the anger issue. I should work on the lies. Everybody should work on their stuff. And don't hide it. It's not going to disappear. You cannot hide things. You know, it doesn't matter what dress you wear. You know, uh, you you try to hide your, your look, your fat, your whatever you try to hide physically. When the internal is very different, you can't hide those things. Make a confession with your teacher. Pick up the phone and call and say, hello, I want to talk. You're shy for me, talk to Debbie. I think Debbie is very easy to talk to and tell her what you're doing wrong before Shoshana. You gotta, you gotta do that because if you don't, if you don't do that, then you will, you will be left behind for too long. And then if you have a relationship, the relationship will not work very well. If you have money, the money will not take care of you very well. If you are, what else, uh, want to be spiritual, to be always fake, always fake. I know many big organizations that led by top people of spirituality and rabbi and blah, 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 blah. But I know them from inside. There's nothing going on. It's all fake. It's all a facade. So you want to lie to people, I understand. I guess you got to do that. Lie to God. Okay. But don't lie to yourself. You got to know who you are. You are standing in front of me today. Meaning you're a front of God. And when you're a front of God, what are you going to do? Lie? You're coming in front of God to Rosh Hashanah. You cannot just ask, give me more money, give me soulmate, give me, give me, give me. What about give me strength to overcome my issues? I have issues. Whatever it is, depression, uh, ego, anger, uh, dependency on different things or different people, fear. Some of us worry from, from different things. We got to get help, you know? And that's where the Creator can help us because we want to be more spiritual, but through that, we can actually be more spiritual. So now, when we count the amount of verses in this week, Pasha, the short Pasha, it's only 40 verses, very short. And, and the commentary, I mean, the Chachamim, tell us that the word is Levavo. If you do the 
letter mem, which is 40, levavo, lamed is 30, two bet is two and two is four, and vav is six. So what does that mean? Inyana lev ba'avodat Hashem. To be able to worship the Creator with your heart. The heart needs one thing, the truth. You want to open your heart? You have to worship truth, truthfully. Not mindfully, truthfully. Truthfully come from the heart. And the mind works on a different level, but the heart is needed for us being able to be honest. Abashlag, you know, Abashlag write that the first thing he work on when he start to teach and write books on Kabbalah is being honest and telling always the truth, never lie. And when you when I read it when I was 23 years old, first time, I said, that's it? Now when I'm reading it, I said, oh my God, how can I say that's it to that if that's not the number one thing? So, yeah. Yeah. So the, the whole idea of Levavo, the Levavo, tell us the Ora Chaim, Ora Chaim Rabbi Chaim Benatar. It says, he asked a question. Why is Moses is telling Nitzavim Ayom, you're standing today, and then he say, uh, your old people, your police, your young people, why cannot say all of you? So Ora Chaim answer, this is the secret of Arvut. This is the secret of taking care of each other. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter what kind of minyan you go to. We have to learn to do to do the arvut. Arvut meaning when me caring for you, you caring for me. We cannot leave anybody behind. You know, my Racheli and Michael and Yehuda and Debbie did something very nice. We put a sign in different school here. Uh, for uh, Jewish people who are kind of looking for a place to go to Rosh Hashanah and they don't know where to go. They don't know where to eat. And uh, one of the the girls, you're going to see her, those of you coming, is uh, is from uh, from uh, the school here in Manhattan. And the parents in Israel say she cannot go back and forth to Israel. The tickets are expensive. You know, you cannot. You just can't. And when she heard about it, she thought it's a, it's a dream, but she couldn't believe it's for real. So she called Debbie and uh, she said, I really want to be in. When she found out it's for real, her mom called Debbie and sent us a letter. And she said to Debbie, I, I, I didn't know there is real people like that that do such a thing. And I look at Debbie and Debbie looked at me, you know, and I said, wow, without our students and people who, who donate to us time and money, we could not have done that. They are the one that because of you guys and hopefully soon Debbie will give you all the list of all the great things that we're doing all over the world, what we do for the people in Jerusalem, for Rosh Hashanah, that we make sure that they have a place to stay. We're making sure that they have what they need. So we're taking care of a lot of things because of all your help. So first, thank you for your help and please continue. We need you. We need to keep donating because it's so amazing what we can do uh, uh, with you. So remember... The main thing is is uh, all of us have to take care of one another. That's why Nitzavim, meaning he mentioned all the names. And what does that mean? So according to Rav Ashlag, according to Rav Ashlag, you know, you have to practice love the neighbor as thyself. But remember, that's not the goal. And it's funny, I'm saying it for 30 years, 
but I didn't have friends to support me on that. And you know how in love I am or addicted I am to Rav Ashlag, uh, study and Rav Vanvain as well. Uh, and I'm saying it for 31 years, 32 years. And all of a sudden, I study with a group of rabbis every, every night uh, at 11 p.m. And all of a sudden, the gentleman who teach it, his name is Rabbi Michael Maor. May Hashem make his life longer and healthy and wonderful. So all of a sudden, he say the same thing. The purpose is not love the neighbor thyself. That's the tool to be able to love God. You cannot really love God if you don't love people. The only way to practice loving God, which is one of the mitzvah deoraita, one of the mitzvah of the coming of the Torah, is if you practice loving people. You can also not love people just in your mind. You have to use the words for that, and you have to use action. It cannot be just in the mind. So this whole parasha is about opening our heart and practice love. Practice love. And how do you practice love before Rosh Hashanah? What is to practice love? So the idea is to get into a point that you ask forgiveness for the people around you. If it's your family, if it's your wife, your husband, friend, neighbor, people in the synagogue you pray next to, find out the closest people you can because we cannot ask forgiveness for thousands of people. I'm sure we hurt at least thousand people a year. We don't even know. The Uber driver, the waiters, we're not aware what we're hurting. So it's written that if you're capable to ask forgiveness for the people around you, Hashem, the Creator, will help you to find the people who are distanced from you and give you a chance to ask forgiveness for them. And uh, this is what the beautiful about uh, Rosh Hashanah, because you cannot come to Rosh Hashanah as a liar or as dirty. A liar will be when you lie to yourself, and dirty means when you're not capable to ask for forgiveness. That's a two aspect that has to be in Nitzavim, because when you're getting to Nitzavim without those two aspects, uh, you're stuck. Rosh Hashanah will be there. It's like an event that takes place, but you're not part of it. It will be shofar, it will be food, it will be everything. After Rosh Hashanah, you cannot be the same person that you were before. So humble yourself. Make sure to look what's wrong with you. Not what's wrong with your wife. Not what's wrong with your husband. Not what's wrong with the neighbor. Not what's wrong with the hotel, the way they take care of you. Not what's wrong with the food. Not what's wrong with my room. Not what's wrong with my air condition. All of those things, I got to look inside. Got to look inside. And, uh, you know, I, I remember in one point when I was walking in the street, too many people banged into me. One step on my shoes, another person step on my shoes. I said, I get angry. Like, what's going on? Everybody's stepping all over me. And I started thinking inside is, what's the message? There is something going on here. I cannot just blame the world. I mean, I can blame. I mean, it's it's what most of us do. If you blame enough and you get scared, you scare the people enough, nobody will step on your shoes anymore. But don't you want to know why God sent those people? Or you believe you are the boss? You can never be the boss. And I'm sorry to say it. You can never be the boss. You can be a servant of something. You can be a servant of the dark side of yourself or the good side of yourself. That's up to you. I would like to tell you a story. And listen carefully to this story. It's a good one. The story, I read it from Rabbi Karl Rebach. Story, personal story. He was flying, if I'm not mistaken, from New York to Toronto, I think. If I'm mistaken, forgive me my soul. Also, and the story go like this: Rabbi Kalibach is traveling 
on an airplane and uh, you see a flight attendant that she's full of happiness and light. So he didn't want to bother, you know, the first hour until the airplane uh, take off. Maybe he flew from, from New York to Jerusalem. So he lets wait until everybody gets relaxed. He kept the food, the drink. Then he look at her and he sees she have a little uh, prayer book. And it was a Sidur. It was a Jewish prayer book. She doesn't look to him like somebody would observe on the airplane. Like you never see somebody pray, Jewish pray, the, the, the flight attendant. So he sees her. So... He said, you know what, I will go to the bathroom on the way I will ask her. And he asked her, excuse me, is this a Jewish prayer, what you pray? She said, yes. He said, oh, so you, you must be Jewish. She said, well, I am Jewish now, but I was not born Jewish. I converted to Judaism. So, oh, very nice. This is, I know he said, I never saw somebody who pray, pray on an airplane like this. This is very nice. So he, the flight continued. Then she came over to him and she said to him, Rabbi, maybe you can help me. So, of course, what's going on? So, listen, I'm a convert. My boyfriend is a Jew. His family will not accept the idea that I'm Jewish. So, they will, for that reason, they don't let them marry me. And I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do. Maybe you can help us. You are a rabbi. Maybe you can talk to them. Maybe there is a way you can call them and do something. And Rabbi Karlipach, whoever met him or know him, unbelievable human being, so of course. So he, in the story, he said that uh, when he landed and this, he, he called the parents and he tried to talk to them. And they say, we don't know who you are, we don't know what kind of rabbi you are, but absolutely not. You know, we are uh, Holocaust survival and uh, maybe we are angry with God and we don't keep anything anymore, not kosher, not Shabbat, nothing, but one thing we're going to keep the wife of our son has to be Jewish. We went a lot with the Nazi. We no longer want anybody in our house besides Jewish person. So he said, can we talk again? I said, yeah, you can try again. So he called them and they were very tough on him. They didn't work out. And uh, uh, didn't, didn't know how to solve it. He was thinking, what do we need to do to do it? So he called them again and said, listen, According to Allahah, according to the Jewish law, you're supposed to accept the person who converted to Judaism. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah from the Torah that you have to accept them. And they say, listen, maybe other people, yes, but because we are, uh, we, we just cannot do it. Just cannot do it. He said, Can you give me a chance to make the clarification and maybe it will be, it will be okay. So he tried to make now the shidduch and he explained to them, listen, God, after God created the world, the most important thing is to put two people together. Nothing is more beautiful than put Chatan Vekalat together, to put the groom and bride together. Nothing is more important for Hashem than putting two people together. So he called the girl. He said, listen, it's very tough. Um, uh, and But give me some time. In the meantime... He, he made the Jewish parents agree to have a meeting again, to have a meeting with her parents and uh, and the Jewish daughter, I mean the convert, and the son, and to have a talk with the rabbi. They agree. All right. Now we're calling the uh, non-Jewish parents. You know, they have to agree to. So he called them. He say um, uh, to them, 
can I come and meet with you? I said, no, there's no point. We're not into it. We're not this and that. She want to be Jewish. That's her problem. So, but can we talk together? Maybe I will teach you how to talk, what to speak, because they want to meet with you. I said, no, we don't want to meet. We don't want to. So please give me a chance. So you go to the house and uh, they told the daughter to leave, the parents. And they say, listen, when you need to know something, our daughter doesn't know. She says, sure. So we, in the time when the Nazi came, we, we hide in, um, with the, uh, in a church, as he wrote, with the nun. And then we decided that's the best way to hide our Judaism. We are Jewish, but we don't believe in Judaism. We don't want to hear about Judaism anymore. We don't want to do nothing, so we keep the cross on our chest. So we will be Catholic, like like the, like whatever we want to, because it seems that's the only way to survive as a Jew. And we don't believe with the anti-Semitic that going in New York that we will survive after the Holocaust. Anything. So we don't want nobody to know we're Jewish, not our daughter. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Don't you see something here? Your daughter converted to Judaism. She didn't have to make a conversion. She's Jewish." I said, please, agree to come with me, see the other family, please. So they said, we're nervous, we don't want to see Jewish people, we don't want to relate to Jewish people, we can, we're going to be killed by the non-Jewish. They were, they were so nervous. I said, I understand your Holocaust survival, but please give me a chance, come with me. So now, the, 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 the parents who refused to say they're Jewish with a daughter, going to meet the family, that really left everything Judaism, but they believe you should marry a Jewish bride. And they go there. And Rabbi Kalibach thinking, what is he going to tell them? That would be the magic thing. They walk into the house, and the two father look at each other. They knew each other from the camp. From the Nazi camp, they are the only two survivors. They help each other when they were young. They were there from age 14. And they... I'm sorry, I'm crying. The story that touched me. They know each other from age 14. And each one of them went to different camps, so they thought they died. So they never look for each other. That's the best friend. And he said to him, Moshe, Yoshua, they, they both names. They start arguing and crying. The daughter and the son don't know what's going on. Nobody have no idea. And all of a sudden, you see that there is a connection. The reason I'm sharing this story, when you are for real with yourself, you're going to meet the people that's supposed to be with you. You know, you, you, you're going to meet... You can make the real thing. Debbie and me, I can tell you about us. We went through a lot of pain in our life with different reasons. Those few close to us know what we went through. And we were sad at one point because we had a lot of friends that are no longer going to talk to us because of, I will call it the cult syndrome. And then we met people that we didn't know them that well. And they become our family and our friend. Because that's who we are. So we draw the real part into our life. 
those of you who prepare for Rosh Hashanah, maybe there is something you don't know about the other person and that's why you're angry with them. You gotta find out the good. You gotta find out Atem Nitzavim. Atem Nitzavim, you're standing today in front of me. And what does Rav Ashlak say about it? Rav Ashlak said that in the beginning of creation, God created something called Yesh Be'ayin, something from nothing. Yesh Be'ayin means that it wasn't there before. And what is the first creation? The desire. That desire was holy. But when you evolve the desire into more and more and more, eventually that desire evolved into selfish desire. The original desire was just, I'm ready to take to give pleasure to my creator. But of course, as it evolved, the desire becomes selfish and ego desire for oneself alone. That desire caused the number one reason of separation between people. So if you are fighting with someone in this week or last week or the next week to come, please remind yourself it's not worth it because it's only the desire to see for oneself alone or want to be right. If you're suffering from some type of OC and you want your wife to be a certain way or your husband to be a certain way, just make sure that you understand it's about you. It's not about them because it's my need, it's what I want. And this is all about what happened between people. You got to prepare for that because as we go into Rosh Hashanah, we're going to come clean. We're going to come not dirty, no more lies. And remember, Rosh Hashanah, one of the things that we do, we are mamlichim at Borei Olam. We make our God as a king. God become a king if I stop being a king and queen. If I still have a need to become a queen and need, I'm taking another jewel from the crown of the king, which is God. So can you imagine a crown of the king? Everybody start taking pieces. There's no more crown there. I'm just using it as a story. It's not really physically happened. But what does that mean? As I said before, if you already want to be a servant, be a servant for the right thing. Don't be a servant for the wrong thing. Don't serve your ego. Don't serve your anger. Don't serve your own need. The Creator created this whole world that we will live in together. It's not the easy thing to feel the pain of the other person. And we're not going to be successful all the time. That's not the purpose. But the try itself to help one another and to be there for one another, that's really the, the test. And Bezal Hashem, with this lecture, I would like to wish you Shana Tova. I would like to wish you a Shabbat Shalom for Nitzavim. And I would like to wish you that this year you will be able to Feel comfortable around people because you only think good about them. Because when you only think good about people around you and you want to do good to them, there's no fear. If you only think what you can do well for them, there's no problem. And I tell you a short story happened yesterday. So on Shabbat, as you know, I'm wearing white, so it's kind of look weird in the street, walking white in Manhattan. And uh, the neighbors saw me and they say Shabbat Shalom. Nobody ever says Shabbat Shalom to me. Say Shabbat Shalom back. And uh, then yesterday, I think it was yesterday, they see me again. And I'm with my kids. We came back from the prayer of the evening, the evening prayer. 
and they say, hello. I say, are you the people from the Shabbat Shalom? Because I didn't know who they are. I say, yes. I said, please come. They tell me we're on the fifth floor. So you know Debbie. I told Debbie about them. Debbie grabbed a candle of vital transformation and went down. But usually she go down 10 minutes. You know, I lay, I lay uh, meeting. Usually it's 10 minutes. Or you schedule for two hours. They need to know when it begins, when it ends. It's different. New York is, is a little bit more... Uh, if it's good, it continues. If it's bad, uh, everybody leave. But they give it a chance for life to happen in, in New York. In LA, they want to schedule life. It's, it's a big difference. No, nothing is bad or good. It's just a style. And Debbie is there for two hours. Talking to them, talking to the people. All of a sudden, we have connection to more and more family. And why am I trying to say this to you? We got to connect to more people, guys. You have to add another friend into your list you can add if every month you add one person doesn't have to be best friend but another human being into your list not of instagram of the real people that you're going to call once a month that would be beautiful shana toba mm-hmm.